Welcome to the Glacier Musical Podcast and YouTube extravaganza in fear, metal, and swearing. I, of course, am Nick Cameron, and I am joined by the man himself, the human thirst trap, Cutie Chakas. How are we doing today, buddy? Uh, what can I do with that intro except be great? I'm glad to hear it. I need you to yell into the void. Scream into the void, everybody. How about now? Uh, a little bit better. Technology is not my friend today, but we're going to do our best, my friend. We're going to do our best. All right. Technical difficulties have happened already, so I am sure there are no gremlins in the machine except for the one I put there. Uh, where were we? So, uh, beer check. This week, I have a Log Boat Brewing Jerk Alert Double IPA. It is 8.5%. It's a little dry, which is not my favorite kind of beer, but I didn't know. Ooh, that is awful. That pour is shameful. I tried to get fancy, and I just got awful. What do you got for me this week? I'm, for the first time ever, I have a new beer to drink. Not the first time ever, but the first time I'm drinking this beer. The Oscar Blues Mama's Little Yellow Pill. Uh, I feel like this is a Rolling Stones reference, like um, Mama's Helper or something. But anyway, so this is the Bohemian Pilsner of Oscar Brewery. And uh, it's got a very 70s can, which again makes me think of the Stones. But my oh, Oscar- yeah, I've had that one a couple of times. It is not one of my absolute favorite by Oscar Blues. But Pilsner is just not my favorite kind of beer anymore. I, I get it. like it a lot more than I do now. I get it. This is actually quite nice and uh, was procured by me uh, at the little-used greengrocer down the block for me that's kind of a hybrid of Whole Foods and Trader Joe's. And it's a cooperative place I would like to give more of my business to. They're a little pricey on things, but I just discovered they sell loose beer. And so oh, I'm not going to have to buy a whole six-pack, just a couple of... Just a couple of cans. So. I hear you. Before we get to the vinyl check this week, I want to tell a little bit of a story. Okay. I soft spot in the budget this week. Not that you'll get any idea of that from the epic vinyl check I got for you this week. I decided I'm just I'm not going to separate them. I'm just going to going forward. I'm just going to give you my truth. And this week, that truth is a little much of an embarrassment of riches. However, it is what it is. So, trying to be thrifty for the rest of the week. Uh, I have a funeral next week dealing with, you know, always dealing with stuff, dealing with the move. I decided yesterday I need to get out of the office on my lunch break. I need to go somewhere. So, I went to the new antique mall, which I figured would have records. And I found a lot of cool stuff, honestly. I found Jeff Beck with the Yardbirds. I found... Big Brother and the Holding Company, Led Zeppelin. I found, oh, God, what else? Monkeys. and I can't remember everything I found. Some of it was really, I did, oh, I, I found an uh, anti-Nowhere League record. That was a little pricier than I was willing to pay for it, because I'm not a fan. If it were, it was $45. Had it been 30 or less, probably would have bought it. But I ended up buying nothing, and here's why. The best time to go record shopping is when you've got no money. When you have to put it on a credit card, 
then you have to justify it to your spouse when you were told to be thrifty for a day. Because then it's like, do I really need Jeff Beck and the Yardbirds? Do I really need this Michael Bolton solo record featuring Bruce Kulick just to be a completist? Am I going to listen to these? No, not more than one. So I didn't buy it. Now, my real vinyl check, after having said all of that, maybe this past week, I was up late on a Saturday. Maybe I was drinking a couple of beers. Maybe. Maybe I had credit card points. And maybe I bought Carcass Despicable. I uh, got it for, I think it was like $17 on Amazon at the time. Uh, really nice, cool electric blue color, they call it. Mm. It does come in a Mylar sleeve, which is nice because I don't have a big stack of Mylar sleeves to 10-inch. So just, I don't buy that many. I just decided I had to finally own this thing. Hmm. Now, maybe I also had some Capital One credit card points, which are now usable on Amazon.com. So maybe I finally started shopping local and picked up some Nelly. Maybe I also blasted this really, really loud in my headphones and fell asleep before it was over. Now, here's where it gets good. For, every, for the people that listen to the show. Well, Carcass, if he already knew. Go ahead. Don't be mean. Don't be mean. Don't be mean. Well, don't. Well, okay, then be, then be mean. Do the thing I'm telling you not to do. do All right. So, uh, as I've discussed it before, if you have a friend in England or Europe whom you trust to be your landing pad, you can do some awesome shit. And here's what I did. You may recall the Department of Metal Antiquities, my other podcast that I host with Duncan. Keith's been on a couple of times. Well, one of the forgotten gems we discovered and covered was Samson. Head on. Never released in America on vinyl. But you have it now. I got it for like five pounds. That's impressive. Is that like eight bucks? Check. Uh, Long-time listeners of this show may recall... Uh, a series we did two two bands ago. This was fifteen pounds. All right. Is that the plain black or is that the yeah. color? This is this is an original UK pressing. Okay. You can tell mm. because the record is thicker than the sleeve. Mm-hmm. Uh, the UK pressings in late eighties, early nineties. I've got a couple. Um, they're they're real flimsy, real flimsy. Now another one I got. This one has not been covered by us or, or the DMA, but the debut record by the Dead Witches on Heavy Psych Sounds. I reviewed this on Glacial Musical when it was new. The story about it was, I don't, at that time I, I didn't have the disposable records income I do now. We were living check check, and we were on a vacation that my father-in-law paid for on our way back. Hawaii. We stopped in San Francisco and I decided, okay, I'm going to buy that Dead Witches record. I'm sure it didn't sell out in the week since it's been out. 
Uh, no, it sold out. It was gone. And so now I, years later, six years later, I had to import it from England. But imported, done. Okay. Now, another, I still got more. I'm sorry. I told you mm-hmm. more this week. Embarrassment of riches. So, other people listening to this might remember another series Keithy and I did on Monty Python's Flying Circus. Well, there was a live record that was released only in Britain. So I got that. This is only like three pounds before shipping. Now, keeping in mind on these, I do have to pay double shipping. I've got to pay domestic shipping to Duncan's house, and then I've got to pay international shipping to my house. So the shipping is about eight bucks per. I got a question about why did you send all that money to Duncan this month? Uh, because sorry about that bump the microphone because I wanted to buy poison look what the cat dragged in oh it gets better Japanese pressing your favorite someone in England had a Japanese pressing of this record and he only wanted 10 pounds for it um why why? why? Listen to this track list. Come on, listen. I know, it's a good no, one. No, it's a good one. Cry Tough. I Want Action. I Won't Forget You. Play Dirty. Look what the cat dragged in. It's epic. Oh, wait, I have another vinyl to check for. I forgot one more. Oh, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Give me one second. I got a story, too. Okay, so while I was moving, we, I, I asked my be- one of my best friends, Kevin, to come over and help me do some stuff to move the, the spinning room from the old house to the new house because the cats were in there. So we're in a local restaurant called The Mac having burgers and beers to thank him for, for his help after he worked an overnight, for God's sake, I'm such an asshole. Sorry, Kevin. Really sorry, Kevin. So we're eating these giant burgers, drinking these beers, and they're listening to classic rock radio and everything that comes on. I go, uh, I got that on vinyl. Uh, I got that on vinyl because my kid hates it. She hates it when I do this. So Skid Row, 18 in life comes up. So I go, uh, uh, and then eventually the kid goes, yes, dad, I know you've got it on vinyl. No one cares. Wife goes, looks up. We have this on vinyl? I go, um, no. I was From shame. She was ashamed. I'm like, no, I'm doing a joke. We don't have this on vinyl. <clears throat> Why not? Uh, the original pressings are a little pricey and there hasn't been a repress. She goes, mm-hmm. Remedy that. Mm-hmm. So on Saturday, maybe, maybe I found a repress. When the wife tells you to do something, folks, do you it. do it. Especially if it's buying records. So the next day I go out record shopping and I actually came across a original press of it. That's crazy. Uh, it was $60. I had already purchased the repress though. So I considered it briefly. Skid Row, self-titled, 2021, 180 grand, metallic gold repress. Sounds Here's amazing. a good question. I don't know if you're a betting man. What band is going to reunite first, if ever? Queensryche with Jeff Tate 
or Skid Row with Daz. Oh, Skid Row. I agree. Probably never a Queen's Rights, actually. Never for either, but... <clears throat> also, to definitely possible. Um, so, while you've been doing your massive vinyl check, I've been drinking this beer. Sorry, I have... I have no, it's, it's quite fine. I, there are weeks when there is a dearth of vinyl, and there is a, a weeks when there are none. Uh, our last... I, for the record, the English package, when I do that, it, it it's like a five to six week process, minimum. It got a little bit shortened this week because I got a little silly. You know, big wheeling with my big paycheck. I got yelled at for how much a big wheel is. Like, why, why, why'd you... I wanted to get poison for you. Uh, also, I love poison. I fucking love poison. She Sorry. told you to. I mean, you can't... You know, no, that's like what she told me. I like Skid Row, too. Oh, poison. But, yeah, poison. I like Brett Michaels, but, like... Look, good always, band. They don't always have the songs. And no, they don't. Soon. They're like Molly Crew, but just a little bit better, and a little bit worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The better singer, worse songs. I don't know if that's accurate. Yeah, that's anyway. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have, I have two. Uh, the first, the saga continues with Ghost perpetually. <laughs> so. You've heard me complain on these pods and elsewhere. I, I ordered two Ghost Impera versions when it, the pre-sale came on because I'm a glutton for punishment and I love this band. Strangely, not as in love with this album. This is perhaps my least favorite Ghost album. It kind of falls off on the second side. But I was excited nonetheless. Saw them live. Saw them do some of these new songs live right when the uh, album was announced and the pre-sale came about. So, uh, Hot Stuff is a record chain in Sweden, and they also do a massive online retail business with reasonable shipping to the U.S. So, I got the Swedish vinyl variant of Impera. I still have yet to get my American vinyl version from the record company that pressed it here in America, but they clearly pressed and shipped these to Sweden, which then shipped to me. Um, I will share both of these vinyl beauties. This is the deluxe edition that has a beautiful color inlay and lyric book and things, but I'll, I'll pull out this vinyl to share. I do not have it in a Mylar yet. My Mylars are coming. And then I will have a massive project to put everything in a Mylar. Just put them in Mylar as you listen to them. Yeah, that would be a good idea. So here's this gorgeous... Oh, that is nice. Purpley. Um, it's almost like a lilac. And um, plays great, sounds great. Look, again, don't love. Wish I loved the record a little more, but I don't. Alas. And then, uh, if you've been hearing this, I've been talking about this. I went to a series of Jawbreaker reunion concerts for their album Dear You, that is out of print except for a limited run they did for this tour. And randomly, as you went to the table, you could get it signed, unsigned, or signed but of course then opened, but also you didn't know from album to album if you were getting the variant or the, the plain old 180-gram black vinyl. So I got the Dear You autographed for a lot of money, and I didn't know till I got it home which one I got, but I got the variant, Canadian press that is on... A kind of bluish green, which makes a lot of sense because they have a famous song called Seafoam Green, 
not on this record, but another one that I like. And uh, I think I shared that Jawbreaker Covers record with you a while back on Cello. That's on Seafoam. That's on legit Seafoam Green. This is kind of a blue-green, turquoise And uh, autographed by the band. I went three nights in a row. They were brilliant. They played all the jams. Uh, again, not my favorite record, but out of print, I almost bought that same record um, for like an obscene amount of money a couple of months ago, and I thought better of it, and I didn't. And now I waited, and now I have it autographed by the band, which is, you know, pretty cool. Pretty cool. So that's my vinyl check for today. Wow, we have gone on today. This has been quite a vinyl check. How about that shirt check? I like that Barishi shirt, and uh, I don't know if you're aware of this, but the former singer of Barishi, Sasha, is now singing with another awesome New England-based metal band, Epicenter. Who are really no, I'm not I didn't know. I did not know this till we reviewed the band live, and I had no idea until the photos showed up and read the review that he is now in that band. And Barishi kind of went. I'm actually really glad to hear that. I thought he was very talented. Song. He's supremely talented as a vocalist and a frontman. Epicenter already was an awesome band, kind of a, what I like to call pizza thrash. And um, they are hopefully working on new material with him. So that's, that's the vinyl check and maybe the shirt check I am. I'm wearing my Metallica 40th anniversary concert shirt, so just happen to have that on today. All right, then. So we are continuing... With Thin Lizzy, episode number three, we are doing Jailbreak. What I find interesting about this record is this is that time that happens with all these 70s bands not named Led Zeppelin, where the record company has been fronting them and pushing them. Keep in mind, this is their sixth record. So imagine if Metallica didn't hit till Load. If Led Zeppelin didn't hit till Physical Graffiti, if Pink Floyd didn't hit till three albums earlier, think about, or let's see, what other big bands are there? Uh, help me. I mean, those are really good examples. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, they were on their do or die minute. They, this was it. They had a mind, they had one legitimate single. That was a smash hit. That was Whiskey in the Jar. We've discussed this. Their records had never cracked the charts. They had no other singles that charted. They were on their last legs. Same label as Black Sabbath, Vertigo, Mercury, Warner. All kind of the same thing today. But that's what was Vertigo at the time. And, uh, you know, they rose to the occasion. Jailbreak is probably the Thin Lizzy record everyone knows. Just vis-a-vis these huge hit singles. But... This is probably the record. If you, you know, a lot of people have they have that one record by every band that found its way into their collection or, you know, gifted to them or something. Well, you know, I heard you like Thin Lizzy. Here's Jailbreak. Right. I heard you like Led Zeppelin. Here's Zeppelin Four. Right. This is their four. This is their black album. This is their album that puts them on the map. And it really did. It's it's just really cool to think about how it took them six records to break, and the label told them, "Look, this is it. Here's your cash." There's the door if you screw it up. And let's see how this goes. And they gladly crushed it. I mean, this yeah. is top to bottom an amazing record. There's nothing, there's no filler. It's all killer. You might not know all these tunes. 
Some of them might be on that record right there. So, I don't remember what's on that Blue Jacket Cocaine Cookie. I haven't listened to it in a minute. Uh, sorry. That's okay. You can, we'll touch on it next week. We're not going to do a deep dive, but we'll talk about it next week. But um, I don't know if we're doing one or two more Lizzie's. I think we're doing two more. And we'll see. I think it's two because next week's, oh no. Yeah, next week's record is kind of the standalone. And then the following week is we're going to do, we're going to do two at the end. So maybe we'll okay. do two. Maybe we'll do jo- Johnny the Foxes next week. And then we can probably do Live and Dangerous then. And then the Black Rose. And uh, the other one is after. But um, yeah, you know, it is it is amazing. And then sort of we had this kind of feeling. The la- And again, the last record, the last two records are very good and excellent records with great moments. Um, Still in Love With You is incredible. That's on the last record. Philo produced that last record, Fighting. And, you know, still, though, you know, was like, well, if we're going to go under, I'm going to run the ship. And, you know, it just still didn't have a hit. And I, you know, again, I don't, looking back historically on music, I mean, it was a very crowded field to get a hit song from a rock band. It was very crowded with bands. It you was- know, dozens of bands. Yeah, it would, people talk about, you know, oh, the 70s was so much better for music, and the 80s was so much better, or whatever, and all that. A big part of it is that the record labels were flush with cash, and they were able to push these bands, and then you had AM and FM radio both pushing bands. So it was easier for them to wait it out. And how many bands, when they waited it out, they... When it was do or die time, they come out with the the Diamond album, you know, Led Zeppelin Four, Alive, Destroyer, all this stuff. Where twenty one twelve, twenty one twelve is probably the best ex- example of that. Actually, I feel like Zeppelin was never in in doubt or risk no, because of Jimmy. In, they were never in danger. It's, but it's but also like you know. Remember, you know, like, again, a lot of these bands were not critical darlings. So there is a weird expectation that, like, critics love the greatest bands ever. But actually, no. They mostly hated Black Sabbath and Led Zeppelin. Pink Floyd was derided and made fun of until Dark Side of the Moon um, and not respected well. Uh, same with Rush. Rush was always considered to be, you know, well, what I loved about very Rush fluffy. Was it, it gets to their do-or-die point. The record label's like, you need to stop these long songs need to write some pop hits and this is this is your last chance to do you know get it done and they went oh okay here's a 25 minute epic on side one is that what you were looking for there's a song about space priests yeah from space a, priests from a, that from outlawed rock and roll. order and space, space priests that found a historical civilization that had outlawed rock and roll but now we're going to fix it okay with our riffs yeah with and riffs drums. and bass solos and they solos and ridiculousness, but um, you know, like what a you know, what a corporate what a corporations know, correct? Usually, not much. One so, of the things I tell people all the time is, record labels aren't nearly as cool as you think, or they think. Correct. They're a bank. They are a glorified credit union, not, not a very good bank, because the terms are worse than a bank or a casino. Uh, the odds are greatly against you. May the odds ever be in your favor? That's Game of Thrones. May the odds no, be totally against you? Most Hunger Games, right. Most record labels. 
So, I sorry. Um, oh yeah, it's, it's like think about movies, man. How many movies come out in a year? Seven. How many? How many you never see? Correct. Same thing with music. Most people consider it like a challenge to have seen every Best Picture nominee, and that's like ten, and that's hard for most people. So, think about how many albums your average person buys. We buy crazy amounts because we're ridiculous. We are not the norm. Your average person probably buys 10. Right. So, yeah, the odds are very much stacked against you. And for you to pull the, pull the lever and get the jackpot, it's probably not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Any other thinly thoughts before we do the track by track? This one should be pretty easy and painless. I feel like we're going to be pretty aligned on most of this. Might be a couple of fun factoids that you doubt. But I feel like this is the safest, again, the most commonly known, best known Lizzy record. Not, and, and maybe the shame of it is that it is because they have so many other great albums and great songs. And this, this record outshines everything else. We'll hear me we'll probably say it again later. Um, radio only knows these hit songs. They're mostly on this record, especially on side two. And, you know, it's a shame, because I think it's, in a way, sometimes your success can defeat you, you know? Well, songs from this album made it into the zeitgeist, and the ones that did, I will explain the tangential touches. I'm going to quote Bane from the uh, Dark Knight Rises and say, Victory has defeated you! Anyway, um... So, voices. Yeah. All right. Um, moving right along. Do you want to do the track by track, or shall I? I feel like this is the one you can lead and I can color. I, you go ahead and lead it, because I still have not got a good setup. Where All I right. can... Where my mouse is at my knee, and my keyboard is at my hands. So I feel like not... you're looking down at me threateningly, but I'm also just sitting a little lower than you do. I'm shorter than you, for sure, but like, you know. I need to get th- this chair is about three inches taller than I would like it to be for this, but I, I could just move over to the desk. Nah. But I like the records behind me, so. Fair enough. For Fair those enough. people I watching love the this on YouTube, I love the what. Are, before I begin, what are these? Uh, you pointed to the Lizzie. What other records are uh, standing out there? Is this what you've been listening? Is this just for show? Have you been listening to these? This uh, no, I this is just. I have listened to this one recently, the latest I Fight Dragons release. If you like okay. you like hard rock, nerdy shit, and bitchy games, check out I Fight Dragons. Okay. Uh, Kiss's greatest record of all time. As uh, the song Ace Fraley covered is on this album, I felt it best to choose a Kiss album that Ace Fraley is very on. And for the underground metal set, we have the Halo of Flies, Dry Cough, and others. Split of Cloud Rat and Disrata. This is the one, I believe, where Cloud Rat decides to, instead of doing their standard grindcore, goes into a more progressive kind of to, to match Disrata. Progressive theme. Nice. Cloud Rat also has occasional kind of ambient industrial things. They have a new record apparently in the works. I'm extremely excited about Is it a full record or another split? They're doing a, a full, I believe, a full length album. They've been working nice. for quite a while. Coming out on their label, Artifact Records, who I'm, a bit, I'm quite a fan of. 
Um, by the way, just one other thing before we jump into the track by track for Lizzie, I do want to call out a few weeks ago, one of your vinyl check-ins was Goathorn, and they just reissued, I think, a, like issued or reissued their classic records all on one yeah, collection or one vinyl. I'm not sure if that tracks, but I saw something like Goathorn reissue out now. And so How many like, albums do they even have? It's a good question. I don't quite know what it's like. A, one classic they're sharing, or something else. But good band. You know, we we talk about the pricing of the of the records we buy. That was the only record I bought that week because I'm like, oh crap, I need something to check. And it was sixteen dollars and sixty six cents. That's a no brainer. Okay, it looks good. I'll go for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the um, Ghost was actually considering the shipping from Sweden. The Ghost was reasonable to me, and the autographed jawbreaker bought at the merch table at the show signed by the band was not cheap it was very expensive but again the record is very hard to find and so going for hundreds in some cases on discogs so what i paid for it was a lot less yeah when i uh, saw steve Vai the last time he had apparently found a uh, box of flexible mm-hmm. and so he was selling it on the tour for 75 dollars Mm. that he would autograph and sign to you after the tour was over. Weird, but okay. Like, none of this works for me. Of course, I, I ended up getting it later for $15 and covering it on the Department of Mental Antiquities, and that album is abject horse crap. <laughs> Don't even buy it. I sold my copy I like for it. 15 bucks on Discogs. Ouch. Yeah. All right, let's so. get this. Jailbreak begins, like most albums in the 70s, with the title track as either the first or last song. Jailbreak, the song, leads the album, is a triumphant great rock song. I know that there's an all my life, somebody will invariably bring up that ACDC has a Jailbreak album and song. I think it's a live album. And uh, Bootleg Live, but they have a Jailbreak song also the same song, but great song, great riff, great solo, great singing, fun fun song. It's in and out, it comes in and it goes quick, and it's a great album opener. I would agree with everything you just said. I would point out that anybody who would bring up ACDC during a conversation with Thin Lizzy, I'm not saying you did this, but I would say it's appropriate to slap the taste out of their goddamn mouth. <laughs> I mean, it is Bond era Thin Lizzy. What? Yeah, it's Bond Scott era Thin Lizzy. So Still, I Bond Scott era ACDC is not on the same level oh, as this. Sorry. Yeah, Bond Scott ACDC. I don't That's know. I, I don't know. You called attention to it. I was just. They look. have. They have their. I mean, ACDC is great, and you know, I think diminishing after Back in Black for sure. Uh, or Back in Black, but that's just me. After you. Hit the peak, you can only go downhill mostly. So, How but many yeah, bands besides Pink Floyd after Roger Waters took over were able to continually scale the mountain? Fair. Sabbath. That's about it. I did, Deep I, Purple. Ooh. Sabbath got one more record before the diminishing return. Oh, I, I mean, I'm talking about Dio. A Dio comes in, and those Dio records, at least three of them. Okay, well, okay that's fair. That's fair. Good point. I mean, James Singers to... still had success. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. Genesis, ACDC, 
Pink Floyd a little. No, ACDC's biggest hit was Back in Black. Yeah, yeah, so more success. And there is no question that the returns diminished the next record. Then every record since. Yeah, no question. I do, I do like the last one. But... They hit the peak and then went, oh my. So Jailbreak. Sorry. Great Jailbreak song. Is a great song. It is an amazing statement song. It is. It's metaphorical. It's meta. You have this song about them breaking out. They're, and it's almost as though they're breaking out of their own shell. They're breaking out of their own idiom, and they are going to where they can be free. And this album does feature significant amounts of metaphors. I think this is the first one. Indeed. I'm also going to throw out some a, a couple of awesome things. I, again, I love that triumphant first chord, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is a novel way to start a song. And then there's a kind of... Uh, I don't know if it's a ode to, or maybe it's their own thing, because like I said, that Thin Lizzy Sound now is fully formed after the last record. There is liberal, we'll call it liberal amounts of lead guitar, even in the Boy. verses of the songs. So not in the lead sections, or the outro, the lead solo, which you sometimes get in the 70s. Oh, the there's, everywhere in the 70s. There's liberal amounts of That's lead guitar. Singover. Bridges, pre-choruses, you know, you know, very similar. I would compare it maybe to Allman Brothers or later Van Halen, where there's just leads can happen anywhere now, even for a little taste. And I think this it, is it the works. beginning of melodic death metal. <laughs> I don't know about that. Without this record, there is no carcass heartwork. I okay. said it. I mean, sure, sure. Tell me I'm wrong. I mean, in the way that Thin Lizzy has inspired Iron Maiden, that then inspired melodic death metal, maybe. I don't know. That's a stretch. Kind of a stretch. Look, if there was no Robert Johnson, there is no uh, Scream Bloody Gore either. But that's besides the point. Fair enough. I don't know um, if that's even true, but whatever. Uh, no, it's, it's a great song. It's a great opening. It's a statement. It's an amazing statement. And they're off and running on this one. Indeed. The second track, if I may continue, is... And that first track, Jailbreak, it, most of these are a fill composition unless otherwise noted. So that first track is all fill music and lyrics. Angel from the Coast is the next track as a fill lineup and Brian Robertson composition. This lineup of the band, at least for now, has Phil, Brian, Scott Gorham, and Brian Downey. Uh, you know what Brian brings to the table. It's soloist and a writer. And uh, Angel from the Coast, good song. Another, you know, one of, another uh, Philo tells a story, and you're, it's up to you kind of what he means. If, if there was anything close to filler on this record, it would be this song. Okay. But I think, I don't know that there is any song on this album that could follow up Jailbreak and stand out. Because when Jailbreak ends, that is like your release, that is your post-glow. That is, it probably shouldn't have started the record. I think, mm. I think if there's any complaint I have about this album is that it led off the joke. Fair enough. I think side two has definitely got the superior tracks, but side one has some definite bangers and no slouches. Um, Agreed. But Angel from the Coast, it's it's certainly not bad. It's just not, unfortunately, it has to follow Jailbreak. Um, Correct. It makes, saw, it, hard, it makes it hard. That makes it hard to remember. I saw the Morbius movie this week. Not only is it terrible, it has to follow the Batman 
and have to come out before the Doctor Strange movie that looks amazing. So, unfortunate, sometimes it happens. Sometimes it's about timing, sometimes it's about you live and die in your own merits, and sometimes it's yeah, what, what came before or after, unfortunately, colors the mind. That's the world we live in. And it is the world we live in, and these are the hands we're given. So let's wake up and let's start trying to make this a place worth living for. Uh, I don't want to brag, but I'm the five-card stud. I get a royal flush, and I smell blood. All right, word. Uh, the third Sorry, song, listen to uh, Ace Frehley's uh, I guess Trouble I, Walking recently. I was quoting Land of Confusion by Genesis. But you quote I was Ace quoting Frehley. Ace Frehley's five-card stud, Not which no one should ever quote, frankly. No. Um, the third song is Running Back. has nothing to do with NFL or college football, but it has to do with running back to someone or something. And another solo fill composition, relatively short at about three minutes, like the last one. And uh, again, pretty solid. Agreed. Good solid track. It's it, it's just when you the jailbreak glow still hits. <laughs> when we get into the next track, Romeo and the Lonely Girl, that is Phil Lynott's my so far is my favorite vocal performance. Mm. He is an amazing emotive singer who lacks range. In my I don't opinion. agree with that. I think the range is a choice, and he's not. Okay. I think you got to take this whole thing in I, and really I'm, think about each song and spend time with these records. I don't think he has any lack of range. But okay, calling him like a season. Maybe I'm wrong. The mm. The most unreliable witnesses are the ones called to the stand. So, going when watching, uh, there's something about Pam. I don't know if you've seen this on Hulu. It's about a uh, series of murders in Troy, Missouri. And I'll talk more about it off air. Okay. Uh, anyway. Yikes. Um, things that I can't. There's things I can and can't say about it on air and off Sure, air, sure. But Ro- Ro- Romeo's a good song. Uh, was considered right. briefly as a single, but they weren't thrilled about it. Didn't know if it was catchy enough. Uh, it's it's definitely stronger than the last two. Uh, it's perhaps underrated on this album, much like the next track. And um, again, I don't know good, if it's, it's a good really one. Catchy enough to be a single, if I'm being honest. But it's very mournful. I think people I saw the title and thought about it, and maybe it's a love, you know, a love story gone wrong, or something. And people were like, "That would be a good song for radio." Oh wait, and then they heard it, and they're like, mm, "Too sad." Maybe not. Maybe not. Too sad. Um, Warriors closes outside one to Lynott and Gorham production, and it is right under the hits for me. This is one of the best songs on the record. It is uh, another song about the dark side of life and drug abuse and uh, Phil kind of romanticizing people who use drugs because he himself is using drugs and you want to be heroic and you're not. And uh, it is a great song. Uh, it, it, it is a great, great song. song. It's a very powerful song. And when you find out what it's about, it's just like, oh my God. But no, I get it. I mean, I get it. Yep. Flip the record. 
Flipping the Record to sign two, and the song everyone within the sound of my voice has heard at least once in their life, and knows this song, and probably better than that. Is You've probably voice. heard this song at your high school's football games. I mean, yeah, sports. Like the, the marching band. The politics, marching band, TV commercials, Toy 48 story. hours. It was in the movie 48 Hours. You love, you love mentioning that. It is true. I um, do. And they had the horns playing. The, 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 that is the first time I heard this song. It was, I guess, about eight years after the song was a single, after the song was a hit. Mm-hmm. And hearing this R&B band. Weren't you a little young to see that movie? It was the 80s. And yes. but Hey, son, do you want to watch this, this uh, ribald comedy with us? I regret sure. nothing. I regret nothing. My parents. Uh, so the boys are back in town. Four and a half minutes of guitar majesty. It's a good story, but it really doesn't matter what the story is about. It's super catchy, hella catchy chorus. Great, great song. Incredible guitar work. What can you say that hasn't already been said about the song? Here's what I can say about it that has not already been said. Whenever I hear this song, I think back to the bus ride to school in high school when we passed Dino's package delivery. You think back to what? I think back to my high school days on the bus ride to school. Oh, okay. And we passed Dino's Package Liquor. All right. Mm-hmm. Dino's Bar and Grill? No, it was Package Liquor, but like that. I didn't know this song really then. I mean, it wasn't. I, but back then, I thought about the guy in school named Dino. Oh, all right. You thought of Dino in your school. Um, no, yeah, it's a fun, it's a fun story. It's a fun song. Everybody knows this song. Like I said, this is their this is their stairway to heaven. This is their paranoid. This is their understanding. I wish it wasn't. It's, it's, it's but it is. better than two of those songs you just mentioned. For sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And that's sure. I love it when somebody's greatest work is lauded. It's it's better than Deep Purple's uh, "Smoke on the Water." It is better than. Buys for the love of God. It is better than Pink Floyd time. This is the absolute pinnacle of this band, in my humble opinion. So it's great that that's the one they remember the most. But I don't think anybody in the group that was part of it would complain that this was the song that everybody latched on to. Right, it's not a throwaway pop song they did as a one-off. This is indicative of their style. It's rocking. You know, it's it's not for lack. It just was the one that hit the biggest. They have other hits. As we mentioned, Jailbreak is also a hit. There are two more hit songs on this record, at least well-known hit songs. So, you know, again, a hit song, you got other hit songs. I'm going to take my glasses off. Oh, sure. You right? I don't like my glasses. I don't like wearing my glasses in front of a computer, but I look smarter with them. I don't have mine. Moving on Um, to... Fight or fall. I'm gonna let you take this one because, yeah. Again, post post coital glow. I don't recall. Right. Yeah. It's a it's another solid one. Good good track. Good bass. Good groove. Um, you know, interesting interesting song. Typical you know, side B. Probably still a little better than Angel of the Coast and Running Back, but 
you know, sequencing. See, um, see, that is track two, side two. That's where you put your weakest song. Mm. In my opinion, every record I've ever heard, my least, if, if I don't like it all the way through, track two, but track two, side two, always, always a fun. Mm-hmm. Um, the only song I don't like at all on Ride the Lightning, one of the greatest records of all time, is track two, side two. Escape? Escape. Fuck Escape. Should have escaped. Anyway. Should not have escaped the studio. Should not have escaped their, their riff tape. Um, Correct. Anywho, closing out the album with a lot of strength in these next two songs and two of my arguably favorite. Who am I? Inarguably, my favorite Ben Lizzie songs are two of the next ones. So Cowboy Song, which is written by Phil and the drummer Brian Gallon, is genius. It's a great song, great rock song. Great, great lyrics, great singing, speaking of range, incredible range on this song. And, you know, again, a lot of singers can sing a line, but she can turn a phrase and, and do it, you know, with the, with the oomph and the, the style and the drama that the poetry of the lyrics intended, and this is one of those. And, um, yeah, I love Cowboy Song. It's been, all these songs have been, you know, covered a lot by a lot of bands. Cowboy Song is famously covered by Anthrax, believe it or not, very well done with John Bush on the vocals. And, uh, yeah, fantastic. I, I don't know what I can say about this song that would be worthwhile. It okay. is a not truly a powerful song. Oh. It's also, one of the things I talked about with Duncan uh, on the uh, Metal Antiquities was how many English acts sing about America, sing about Americana. And in this song, this song is so important that he authorized Phil Lynott biography is named Cowboy Song. This is, it's a song about the American West. And the way Duncan described it was in England, and presumably Ireland, Island nations, as it were. They see America as this utopia that they romanticize. So making it big in America is important. So maybe it's a little bit of Def Leppard's Hello America, which comes a few years later. A little, hey, we love you guys. But either way, it's an amazing, powerful, emotional song about America. I think also um, one of Phil's escapes is the piece was the cinema. Mm. Uh, whenever he had the change that could afford it. Um, and they showed a lot of American westerns. Yeah, there you go. So that's always captured his imagination, and I think he captured it back beautifully in the song. Um, closing out the record proper, in another song that most people know from covers, but is a great song in its own right is Emerald. There's probably never been a rock song, you know, that, that you know, captures kind of the mysticism and vast greatness of Ireland like Emerald. I'm sure there are other songs, there are probably some 
folk songs and Celtic music that you know better encapsulates this themes. Uh, but Emerald is phenomenal. It, it, it's it's super heavy, heavy rock, borderline proto heavy metal. Uh, that riff toward the end, uh, after the first solo, is straight up headbanging material, and uh, again famously covered by Mastodon and a bunch of other bands. So, unfortunately, Ace infamously Frehley, covered by Ace Frehley, poorly Slash. covered by Ace Frehley. But the song itself the, is a banger. Which sounded like a couple of dry drunks playing this song. Um, love Slash, Love Ace. I got you know, got them both on vinyl. The old bands are their solo business, whatever. But if if you told me they recorded it in 1985, I would have believed you. So, but moving on from that, Emerald is, you know. What is Phil Lionel? Is he a rocker? Is he an R&B guy? I think of him more as a troubadour. You know, is he singing ballads all the time? No. But is he telling stories every time? Yes. And I love this story. I This might be the first time, apart from Led Zeppelin, someone besides Led Zeppelin singing about no, no, I take that back. This is the first time anybody's singing about Dungeons and Dragons. They're singing, he's singing about a war over a magic jewel. I mean, one could argue maybe it's Tolkien, which is where D&D obviously comes from, what with the orcs and everything else. However, I choose to believe that uh, Gary Gygax created something brand new, which just happened to be exactly like something in Old English. Amazing, you know, it's just amazing like Louie Louie and Wild Thing. Definitely, definitely not. No, nobody nobody checked each other. But, so, but I mean, obviously, famously Led Zeppelin sang about Lord of the Rings all the time, which is Poorly. amazingly nerdy. Super nerdy, and often lefty. If you leave the lyrics up to Robert, he's gonna screw the pooch and do it, do tell the story wrong, and, you know. Yeah, if you listen to Ramble On, Gollum no never crept up and ran away with whoever. Like, not a woman at all. Did you picture Gollum getting down with somebody? And I don't want to picture anything uh, okay. of the sort. So. so, but this is the first time we have Tricks kind of fantastical storyline, which, which later, two years later, Dio takes this idea to massive effect with Rainbow right. and everything else Dio did. For yeah, him. of course. So Emerald, Emerald closes the record and it's pretty awesome. It, you know, it's a pretty incredible record that has you know four hit songs on them, three on side two. Uh, all of them are some of the most famous songs in the genre, let alone of the band. And uh, they have a handful of more hits the rest of their career. But this is like the, this is it. This is why it's a huge seller. You know, houses are bought, cars are bought. Uh, still, the band doesn't get to tour as much as they could or should have on this record for whatever reason. Um, illnesses, drama, etc. And, um, again, this record made them big stars, got them out of trouble with the record label, made them money, but they should have been so much bigger than even than they are now. This should have been, like, this should have been as big as Dark Side of the Moon. You know, you can't tell me that Romeo and the Lonely Girl isn't as good as Memory. It's there. You can't tell me that... It's in the, it's in the conversation. That, 
running back isn't as good as the great gig in the sky. But I, in fairness, I have a low opinion of that. Yeah, you're not a big fan of that. So it's like, you know, jailbreak is as good as Black Dog. Surely. Oh, yeah. Not Boys bad. are back in town is as good as Inner Sandman. Sure. I said it. I'll say it. Um, However, th- those songs propelled those bands into tw- tens of millions of albums. Yeah, and that's not to say that this record didn't sell a lot, but it just this is their only big hit album. And they have other records that are successful and have hits, but this is kind of the peak, and they did not peak this way again, which is a bummer, because this, their talent is there. It has only been certified as gold in the United States. Well, again, it's the place that they didn't break. They just never broke here except on radio with these songs. Well, you know, and the thing about breaking in America is there's 300 million of us. Yeah. But you got to hit here, you sell one So many movies and television and radio uses these songs, sports and things. Emerald, Boys Are Back in Town, Jailbreak are like perennial pro sports themes. Oh, yeah. These, um, this album is the kind of album that sets you for life. Yeah, should be. Now, it may, you may not be you know, living in the Kiss Mansion from Exposed, but you never have to work again. Officially, Emerald was not a single. The three singles in order were Boys Are Back in Town, Jailbreak, and Cowboy Song. Um, and Cowboy Song was technically only in Canada. They were trying hard to break this thing. Um, albums produced well, again, they kind of took it back away from the band and gave it to an outside producer, John Alcock. Um, the album cover kind of reminds me of Destroyer. I think it's meant on purpose. I don't Absolutely. remember if Destroyer came first or not. You can hear the expert on this more than I, but much more than I. But, um, you know, I, again, I've said before, Vagabonds, Nightlife, Fighting, all good records, sound forms on Nightlife and really on Fighting, where they really coalesced the sound. And now they came to play with these, this great collection of songs. And they should have they took over the whole world and not just the little The world is not a fair place. Yeah, it is. This is their actual U.S. breakthrough. This is the only time they really charted in the U.S. and and England at the same time. And um, apparently, uh, yeah, both Jailbreak and and Boys were actually on the charts in the U.S. Boys is the highest charting song the band ever had in the U.S.A. At number 12, didn't even break the top 10. But again, think about all the incredible records in 76, not to mention pop stars and other genres that were vying for competition. In 1976, you have Led Zeppelin, Pink Floyd, and Black Sabbath. Elton John, Paul McCartney, the biggest, the three biggest bands in the world Oh, sure, in, in this genre. Oh, and yeah. Kiss. You have Kiss, Black Sabbath, Led Zeppelin, and Pink Floyd all dropping records yeah. in 1976. Yeah, I think who's next is this year also. There's a lot going on. Yeah, 1976 is a big year for music. You know, yeah. As yeah. I had said before, the 70s came late. Mm-hmm. 1970, 1976 came and came again. Was that an ACDC record? Yes, it was, which came in 78. 
there is a there is a remaster on this um, that I do believe the vinyl comes from. If you have it, I don't, but I should. I don't but again, I feel like it's like uh, I'm gonna, you know, everybody probably has this somehow. I um I have Johnny the Fox this week's record on vinyl. We'll be spinning it this week, and uh, there is a remastered version that has additional unreleased songs. Um, including an earlier version of Cowboy Song and a song called Blues Boy that I think you can hear on YouTube that was not part of the album. Yeah, that, that kind of stuff never, it's not my jam. I just want to hear the official. But, I mean, there's not, basically what we're talking about is an amazing record that deserves way better than it got. Mm. And it, it's, a, it's a career-defining album that didn't get career-defining. Yeah, I still think it got more than their other stuff. I mean, uh, but just probably not elsewhere, which is, you know, a shame. I'm not saying it sold poorly, but no. this deserves to sell. This is a 20 million seller in terms of quality, creativity, accessibility. You know, to get the Diamond record, to get the tens of million, it's not just writing good songs. It's writing good songs at the right time with the right accessibility. I believe personally that every record you sell, 25% of the sales are the people that are going to be with you on the next record. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's why bands have these big records that they never can achieve those sales again because they hit at the right time, the right songs, the right accessibility. You know, Dark Side of the Moon is the best selling Pink Floyd album of all time. The Black album is the best selling Pink album. Led Zeppelin for same, 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 because they hit at the right time. They hit in a way that was accessible to more than their core fan base. They scored a hit. A hit is, as I mentioned earlier, it's like pulling the lever on the slot machine and you hit it, because it's it's more than just you. It's also what's going on in the world. It's how what you have done hits at the moment that it's there. And you know, if this is 1975. A bigger hit than the 1976. 1976 was Crowded. Fair, totally fair. Um, I don't, I don't have really a lot else to say. Uh, it's an awesome record, and uh, again, we have a few more to do. But uh, this is a great one. Most people should totally have this. This is definitely the S or A tier album for the band in terms of their yeah. albums. I probably like the next couple a bit more. Uh, as much as, as much or more, but they don't have the hits. But they have songs that are important and I think great and meaningful. So we'll get I, to them. if you don't mind, I will take this home. Take it home, sir. This is an absolutely astounding album, and, and the sales figures explain precisely why Kiki chose to do this particular series. Kiki wanted to do a series based on a band that is criminally underrated in our sphere. And you know what? Based on the listens I'm getting on the Thin... Well, based on the listens we're getting on the Thin Lizzy series, yes, it is coming related. Thank you for the people that maybe not aren't fans but are listening, and I appreciate that. It's a great microcosm of what we're doing. This is an album that's as good as Led Zeppelin for. It kicks Destroyer in the ass. It It's on par with Houses of the Holy. It is up there with Wish You Were Here. Wipes However, the floor with late-era Sabbath. Well, I mean, this is technical ecstasy year, so it's hard not to beat that, frankly. Sure. 
so you have this amazing record that is overshadowed by the supergroups of the time who are releasing, frankly, diminishing return albums. I love Physical Graffiti. It's not better than House of Visible, which is not better than Led Zeppelin 4, which is not better than Led Zeppelin 3, which is better than 2. My hot take, just whatever. This is better than Technical Ecstasy, which is worse than Sabotage, which is worse than Sabbath Bloody Sabbath, and so on and so forth. So you have all of these big bands on the downswing. You have Thin Lizzy on the up. But somehow, unlike Parliament, they did not get up on the downstroke. If you've listened this far, thank you very much. Please listen to this record. I know you know Emerald, The Boys Are Back in Town, and Jailbreak. But there are six more songs that are worth your time and effort. I mean, the effort is T-H-I-N space L-I-V-Y space J-A-I-L-B-R-E-A-K You can even misspell it because it's fucking Google. Listen to this song. And with that, this is the Glacier Musical Podcast. It does not play in Peoria.